one world. But it also demonstrated that it was a world of unceasing conflict, both natural and human. The cost of these discoveries in terms of loss of life and suffering was greater than anyone could have anticipated at the start of the expedition. They had survived an expedition to the ends of the earth, but more than that, they had endured a voyage into the darkest recesses of the human soul. On June 7, 1494, Pope Alexander VI divided the world in half, bestowing the western portion on Spain and the eastern on Portugal. Matters might have turned out differently if the pontiff had not been a Spaniard, Rodrigo de Borja, born near Valencia, but he was. Alexander VI was a rather secular pope, among the wealthiest and most ambitious men in Europe, fond of his many mistresses and his illegitimate offspring, and endowed with sufficient energy and ability to indulge his worldly passions. He brought the full weight of his authority to bear on the appeals of King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella, the Catholic monarchs of Spain who had instituted the Inquisition in 1492 to purge Spain of Jews and Moors. Ferdinand and Isabella wanted the Pope's blessing to protect the recent discoveries made by Christopher Columbus, the Genoese navigator who claimed a new world for Spain. Portugal threatened to assert its own claim to the newly discovered lands, as did England and France. Ferdinand and Isabella implored Pope Alexander VI to support Spain's title to the New World. He responded by issuing solemn edicts establishing a line of demarcation between Spanish and Portuguese territories around the globe. The line extended from the North Pole to the South Pole. It was located 100 leagues, or about 400 miles, west of an obscure archipelago known as the Cape Verde Islands in the Atlantic Ocean off the coast of North Africa. Antonio and Bartolomeo Danoli, Genoese navigators sailing for Portugal, had discovered them in 1460, and ever since the islands had served as an outpost in the Portuguese slave trade. The papal bulls granted Spain exclusive rights west of the line. The Portuguese, naturally, were supposed to keep to the east, and if either kingdom happened to discover a land ruled by a Christian ruler, neither would be able to claim it. Rather than settling disputes, this arrangement touched off a furious race between the nations to claim new lands and to control the world's trade routes. The bickering over the line's location continued as diplomats convened in Tordesillas, Spain, to work out a compromise. In Tordesillas, the Spanish and Portuguese representatives agreed to abide by the idea of a papal division, which seemed to protect the interests of both parties. At the same time, the Portuguese prevailed on the Spanish representatives to move the line 270 leagues west. Now it lay at approximately 46 degrees, 30 minutes west, according to modern calculations. This change placed the boundary roughly halfway between the Cape Verde Islands and the Caribbean island of Hispaniola. The new boundary gave the Portuguese ample access to the African continent by water and allowed them to claim the newly discovered land of Brazil. Pope Alexander VI was succeeded by Pope Julius II, who in 1506 agreed to the changes, and the Treaty of Tordesillas achieved its final form. The treaty created more problems than it solved. 
it was impossible to fix the line's location because cosmologists did not yet know how to determine longitude. The treaty also failed to specify whether the line of demarcation extended all the way around the globe or just bisected the Western Hemisphere. Finally, not much was known about the location of oceans and continents. Even if the world was round, the maps of 1494 depicted a very different planet from the one we know today. Emboldened by the Treaty of Tordesillas, Ferdinand and Isabella looked for ways to exploit the portion of the globe granted to Spain. Success proved elusive. Columbus's voyages to the New World all failed to find a water route to the Indies. A generation after Columbus, King Charles I resumed the quest to establish a Spanish global empire. He, or his advisors, recognized that the Indies could provide priceless merchandise, and the most precious commodity of all was spices. Spices have played an essential...